You're listening to New Life Today with Lawson Whitson, where we encourage you to stay strong and keep the faith with life-relevant Christian messages on the go. If you enjoy this podcast, share it with your friends and family and give us a positive review wherever you are listening. Now here's Lawson Whitson. Amen. Familiar verse I want to start with tonight, Romans chapter 12. I'm reading from the New King James Version and Paul writes, I beseech you therefore brethren. So he's writing to the church, okay? By the mercies of God that you present your body, say body, a living sacrifice, holy, say holy, acceptable to God, which is your, get this, reasonable service. It's nothing extra, it's just what we do, okay? And then he says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. I want to focus on the word body tonight, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Body works. Body works. No, we're not selling lotion tonight. This is, this is no pool for the store in the mall. But this has everything to do with you and your Christian walk. Amen. You ready for the word tonight? Let's pray. Father, we open our ears, we open our hearts to your word. Pray that you speak into not just our ears, but into our life, into our faith, into our future. Cause us to walk closer to you as our prayer. In Jesus' name, the church said amen. You can be seated. A living sacrifice. I beseech you. In other words, I lean heavily upon you, brethren. Not he's not talking to unbelievers, he's talking to brethren. Okay, those who have been born again. That's how you become part of the brethren, is you have to be born into the family of God born of water and of spirit. That's not the message tonight, but this church hears that quite often, and you know what I'm talking about. He says, I beseech you by the mercies of God, get this, that you present your bodies, yourself, your person, your literal body, a living sacrifice. Now, that's kind of a paradox in Scripture because most of the time when it refers to a sacrifice, it's something that has been killed. It's a, when you offer a sacrifice, it's something that was killed to be sacrificed up. But let me just say tonight that Paul is talking to the believers that we should present ourselves, even our bodies, unto God, not as a dead sacrifice. It's more than just when we die, dying right. But I, I, I want to tell you tonight that a living sacrifice is really of much more value than a dead sacrifice. Because a living sacrifice keeps on producing a result. How many knows that you are little Jesus in the world? Now don't get offended by that. What I'm saying is we are Christians, Christ in us. We are the light of the world. So what would that mean that we present ourselves a living sacrifice? What could that mean? It means simply this, is that we conceal our personal identity 
so that Christ's identity can shine through us into the world that we live. And to do that, sometimes we have to sacrifice our will. We have to sacrifice our preferences. We have to sacrifice things that we would rather do to do the will of God. Amen. Some of you are here tonight because you just pressed on through. Some of you are here because you just were excited and you, you know you feel good and everything was good and the day went good and, and you just come to give God praise. But there's others in here, you, you don't feel good and you didn't have the best day. And, and sometimes, you know, we're, we're, we're committed, but sometimes we're just not all that inspired. If we could be honest, can I hear an amen in the house? What, what, so, so you press through, and I commend you for that. And maybe everything isn't right in your life, but you are here to honor God. Let me tell you that that, that is the beginning of your living sacrifice as a believer of you honoring God. The most basic of Christian disciplines is your faithfulness to the house of God. Amen. Man, I, I, I could preach on that for a while, but that's, that's not my message. And I know, and I've heard all the modern lingo, oh, you know, you don't have to go to church this, and you don't have to go to church that, and you don't... You know, the whole problem is that lingo. It's because out of a believer's mouth and heart, you should not be doing anything because you have to. You should be doing it because you want to. Yeah, I didn't feel good, but I pressed forward anyway. My flesh did not want to, but my spirit wanted to honor God. My spirit was hungry for the Word of God. My life within me was hungry for the things of God. So I suppressed my human will to say yes to the will of the Holy Spirit. And then he says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. So how would you do that? But here, here's, here's how you have to do that. You have to constantly put some good stuff in intentionally put good stuff in. Because if all you're hearing and all you're seeing and all you're being exposed to is our culture, is to the media, the social media, the secular environment that we live in, the godless society that we are now a part of, living in a post-Christian nation, it is imperative and necessity that we be intentional about putting the good stuff in to keep our mind in the right channel that it should be. Amen. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Living sacrifice. Huge, huge wording here. That you present your bodies, a living sacrifice. And then I love that part there on the end that, that I elaborated on when we read it, which is no special deal. It's just simply your 
reasonable service. So people, some people want to brag over, you know, I, I go to church and I do this and I, I work on the teams at church and I do this and I pay my tithes and hey, that, that's good and I commend you for that. But let, can, can I just be candid without being offensive? That's what you're supposed to do. That's just your reasonable service. That's what Christians do. We honor God with our life. We honor him. I feel the anointing tonight. We, we honor him with our first fruits. We honor him with our energy. We honor him with our time. We honor him with our schedule. Anytime a person says, well, I'll see, you know, if... Uh, if eh, they're not coming. For many, even self-professing Christians, their commitment to Christ is on a we-will-see basis. If something else comes up I'd rather do, I'll catch you later. If I have a few dollars left over, man, I'm totally out of my notes, but, but you get what I'm saying, right? But when you have this thing down in here, which, which really, if you don't have it in here, the mechanics of the rest really doesn't matter anyway. The reason a lot of people really have trouble giving him their life is because they never truly gave him their heart. Oh, that's so good. If you're taking notes, somebody needs to put that on social media right there. You want to tweet something, there you go. Elon might even like that one. Not. Holy, sanctified, set apart, devoted entirely to the deity or the work of the deity, the holiness of God, acceptable to God, would be to be in covenant with God. How would that look? Let's try a word that is not used very much in modern, even Christian society, and that is the word obedient. You cannot walk in covenant with the Lord and yet be disobedient. So to be Christ-like in your life to honor God, a living sacrifice would be you have to be obedient, submitted. Oh, that's a dirty word. Nobody wants to be, I won't say nobody, but not many want to be submitted to anything. Nobody going to tell me what to do. Well, that's funny. Your wife tells you what to do. Your boss tells you what to do. The policeman tells you what to do. The government tells you what to do. Committed. Might I say that is a, and I've already talked about that already, but, but committed. What, what does committed look like? Committed looks like pressing on through. What is a living sacrifice? Is I want to serve you 
when it's not convenient. I'm going to serve you when I'm dying on the inside. I'm going to serve you when I got a bad doctor's report. I'm going to serve you when somebody just walked off and left you. I'm going to be faithful when someone I love just died. And faithful. Not persuaded nor influenced by this world and its values, its morals, its unrighteousness, not conform, but stand in contrast as an example. Not to be holier than thou, not to wear your righteousness on your shirt sleeve, not to have an arrogant, haughty, pharisaical spirit or attitude, but yet to be kind, to be lovable, to be approachable, to be friendly, but yet to have a life that is balanced. Amen. We are the light to the world. The problem with that is sometimes some Christians hide their light behind a facade of self-righteousness. They proclaim more than they possess. And the educated secular world sees the hypocrisy. What I'm trying to say tonight is Don't just do church, be the church. Be the church. Look at your neighbor and tell him, say, be the church. How do we refrain from being conformed to this world but being transformed? Number one, by the word of God and by the spirit of God so that our lives may be the light to the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and his salvation. Regardless of what modern culture and modern religion tells you, what you do in this body matters to God. It matters to the work of God. Amen. When God saves you, He saves all of you. Amen. Your soul, your mind and the human will of your body. Amen. Holiness. That isn't mentioned too much anymore in modern church. Holiness. And I'm not talking about dress code. I'm talking about something much broader than that. Holiness is birthed within and grows to without, not just in your physical appearance. I believe that is part of it. I believe in being moral. I believe in being modest. I believe in being decent. And I for sure believe in gender distinction. But if your holiness ends with your sleeve length, you are a hindrance to the furthering of the kingdom of God. Because unless it flows out into your life, 
into your attitude, into how you do business, into how you treat other people. If it doesn't touch every other area of your life, then you are living to a man's religion. True holiness is birthed within, but it affects every part of the life. It grows and touches every part. I believe in dressing decent. You know that if you come here anytime. But our God came down from the portals of glory. God is spirit. He created himself a body in the person of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. How many would say that Jesus was our perfect example? If not, then you're in the wrong building, the wrong religion. You can't get better than Jesus, right? 33 and a half years, he was on this earth, three and a half years of public ministry. Not one message did he ever preach about a person's clothing. So I want to be clear on what I'm talking about, holiness. But he did teach something so much deeper that entails that. The first commandment was to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Amen? The second commandment was also to love. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then he said, upon these two commandments, hinge everything else. All the law. He said, it begins with this. Everything blossoms and blooms out of this. Because if you really follow and you adhere to commandment number one, it'll take care of a whole lot of the things that we hound and talk about. Amen. You won't have to tell people to quit cursing if they'll get in love with Jesus. You won't have to tell them to get out of someone else's bed. You won't have to tell them to get off of porn. Oh man, I'm, I'm just all over the place. You won't have to tell them to quit dressing, showing all their stuff. How are you looking? Well, what you showing? Don't, don't pretend you walked out of the house not knowing you're showing your stuff. No, 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 no. And I know we're laughing and I, I'm, I'm kind of mixing a little humor. But what I'm trying to tell you is there's something wrong with that because it's a deeper rooted cause. There's something in here that said, I'm never, I'm not going to surrender all of me to all of him. I'm, I'm not good enough with allowing my identity to be hidden in his. I still want me to be broadcast. Let's see, it's 7.51. Uh, I need to speed this up a little bit here. But you see, you know, Pastor Bruce and uh, Brother Damon, they do excellent jobs. And Pastor Tommy's here. He does a great job. We got people that... 
that preach and teach. You know, I kind of envy these guys sometimes because they can just preach on love and encouragement. But, you know, as a senior pastor, I just got to come in and preach like this. You know, I got to be the bad guy. You know, I got to tell you, I got to tell you to clean stuff up. But I'm okay with it. I don't know if you can tell that or not. I'm kind of okay with it. When you've done it for over 25 years, you kind of get a little used to it. But all joking aside, it really comes down to this. When the Lord comes back for his church, he's coming back for a bride that has prepared herself. That is sanctification. Sanctification is what you do. Salvation is what he does. A lot of people don't get that right. He's coming back for a bride that has prepared herself and made herself ready. A bride that is without spot or blemish or any such thing. Made white in the blood of the Lamb. What does that mean? He's coming back for the body of Christ. Amen. He's coming back for people who love him enough to honor him in every area of their life. Amen. He's not coming back for a little weekend girlfriend. No, no. He's coming back for a bride. I said he's coming back for a bride that is pure, that is clean, that is holy in the things of God, entirely given to God. Not perfect because none of us are but with a heart that says, I will repent quickly every time that I realize that I mess up. I will not justify my sin when I sin. Is this all right? Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Once you are born again and receive the Spirit. That means that God... Literally, tabernacles within you is what it means. He resides in you. That means that your life and your will is no longer your own. Not because He takes it, but because we offer it. We surrender it to Him when we crown Him the Lord of our life. It is here that I'm talking about that we have a daily dilemma and a battle of wills. You see, the Spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. The spirit man wants holy things, but the body, you know, that BC guy, not BC powder, before Christ. You know what I mean? That BC, but before you met Christ, Jesse, BC. Jesse, BM, before many. Many in Christ is still working on Jesse. I, I, I love to pick on Jesse. But the truth of the matter is, you could say Corey B.C. You could say Nate B.C. You could say Lawson B.C. Truth of the matter is, is there's nothing in us holy except the Holy Ghost. That's why you need it. You cannot live a Christian life without the Holy Spirit. That's why it's imperative that you be 
baptized in the Holy Spirit, that you be filled with the Holy Spirit, not just touched by the Holy Spirit, but changed by the Holy Spirit. Amen. That is why it's imperative that we have the gift and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Here we're coming up, I think it's June 5th, this Pentecost Sunday, and I'll probably have to end up preaching on that Sunday about the power of Pentecost, the power of the infilling of the Holy Spirit, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. What is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? That is God's indwelling power to overcome the flesh, to do the will of the Spirit. Amen. I don't have to ask for hands. Everybody come with baggage. Everybody come with some hang-ups. Amen. We're not done. We're not finished. Now, you might, you might have whipped some things, but I guarantee you there's some other things in your life that you haven't whipped yet. There's some other things, and I'm, talking, I'm not talking down to you. I'm talking across to you here. God's not finished with me. He's still got some work to do in Lawson here. How about you? Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 6, look at this. This is uh, the old King James Version. Verse 12 says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Don't let sin reign in your body. If you mess up, fix it. Repent quickly. Humble yourself quickly. Turn from it quickly. Because the longer you allow it to remain, the bigger it grows. Just like a growth. If you cut it out with its early detection and you get rid of it, you can go on and live healthy. But if you let sin grow too long in your life, it gets to where it wants to take over and reign. In your life, you should obey it in the lust thereof. The flesh demands things contrary to the will of God, but you do not have to obey the voice of the flesh. Amen? Got a lot of scripture tonight. Let, let, me, let me read this. This is so good too. Romans chapter 8 verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's an enemy, it's an opposition against the things in the mind of God. It is not subject to the law of God, neither... Or nor indeed can it be, so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. What does that mean? How do I get out of the flesh? It doesn't mean that you walk out of your human body. It means that if you are born again, there's, there's two people inside of you, right? There's the natural man, there's the spiritual man. Amen. Who reigns is determined by who is fed the most. You starve the spiritual man, the fleshly man will reign. Amen. I don't care who you are. Stay out of church for a period of time. 
I don't care how, how much you pray, how much you pray in the Spirit. I don't care how much you fast. I, it will affect you some more than others, but I promise you. Amen. Stay out of your word. Don't read your word. Don't listen to Christian music. Don't come to church. Fill your head full of garbage, internet, websites you shouldn't be on. Get on every social media platform you can and wear them slap out. And watch every kind of secular TV program, every kind of R-rated movie. Just fill your mind and your life full of all that garbage and see how it affects. I promise you right now, it will do something to you. The portal of your body is the entrance into your soul. You heard the old thing before says, you know, I will hear no evil and see no evil. The senses of your body. We're talking about body works tonight. What you put before you long enough will sooner or later make its way into you. What you hear enough repeatedly will sooner or later begin to affect you and it will somehow begin to seep into you. That's why the Bible says, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. We talk, about, we talk about diet and losing weight and being healthy, and we should, and we should do better. We should be examples as Christians, and I'm not going to make jokes on that because the struggle is real. But what if, and here we just come out of COVID, we, we learned what social distancing was, we learned what cleaning our hands and, uh, you know, wearing a mask, and man, uh, and I'm so glad we're hopefully about done with that. But, but here's my point. What if we had that same kind of consciousness over our spiritual health? What if we would put some social distancing between us and the wrong influences? What if we wouldn't get so close to where some of that stuff couldn't? Even watching the news, if you watch too much of that, you'll have to repent when you turn the TV off because it will make you angry It'll birth up emotions on the inside of you that are less than godly. Can I hear an amen in the house? I'm not telling you not to watch the news. Watch the weather and turn it off. I had to, I had to back off some of the news. Oh, you're so backwards. You need to know what's going on in the world. I just need to know the one who controls what's going on in the world. I do care about the weather. I do want to know when I can go fishing or play golf. And I need the weather to make those plans, okay? Some of you are just so spiritual. You know. Carnal pastor. Now I'm just real. Amen. At the end of the day, we're just people. At the end of the day, we all fight the same things, the same temptations. Here's the difference. You need to get a hold of something that is bigger than you are so you can override what this wants to do. And it's called the Holy Ghost. It's called the Holy Spirit. Can I hear an amen in the house? Amen. You need to be transformed. 
I need to be transformed. Not just once, but on a regular basis. Okay, i got to hurry. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 13. Foods for the stomach and stomach for foods. But God will destroy both it and them, just meaning that when you die, it will perish. Now, the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. And the Lord for the body. And God both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by His power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Then, he says, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body, get this, is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not your own? Should I say that again? And you are not your own? It's my life. No, it isn't. It's my body. It's my life. No, it isn't. We don't even own the breath in our lungs. That's why we should give God glory every morning when we wake up. Thank you, Lord, for bringing me through another night. Thank you, Lord, for this food. Thank you, Lord, for the ability to go to work, to make this money, to pay these bills. Everything is a gift from God. But when you were born again, you belong to Him. Verse 20 says, For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, both which are God's. Can you say amen? amen. Regardless of what contemporary religion tries to throw away and say doesn't matter, what you do in your body matters. How you take care of your body matters. How you act in your body. How you dress your body. It all matters. Your body is the vehicle of your soul. It is the dwelling place, the residence of the Holy Spirit within you. Whatever you do to harm your body is a sin. I saved this toward the end. See how I did that so I could kind of drop this on you and then close, you know. Whatever you do to harm your body is a sin. It's a violation to God because it doesn't belong to you. We are the Lord's and we are to honor God even with our bodies. Can I hear about three weak amens? All right, thank you. Smoking, whatever you're smoking, all you're smoking, drinking, oh, I know, the Bible doesn't teach against that. I get it, but it does teach against drunkenness. 
You see, there, there are other laws. There are other, uh, there are other precepts. There are other things that we must consider as believers. Such things as do not allow your good to be evil spoken of. How about refrain from all appearance of evil? Okay, so we could split hairs and say that drinking itself is not a sin, but drunkenness is. Okay, so then we're splitting hairs so far down to where now we have to define what is drunkenness. Is it when I start to feel good? Is it when I get a buzz? Is it when my speech slurs? Is it when I fall down? Or is it when I pass out? You know, I'm going to go outside the Bible for this one. If you get pulled over by that guy in that black and silver charger, and he gets out, and them blue lights flash, and he comes out with that broad brim hat on, and puts that little thing in your mouth, and says, blowing this, point, point, z, z, what is it? It's point, is it five? Okay, I just didn't want to act like I knew. <laughs> Church can be fun. Have you ever saw those billboards that says buzz driving is drunk driving? How did they define that point zero eight? Or zero five, whatever. Less than one tenth of a percent. Now look, let's just be honest. Well, maybe y'all, I, I can't throw you into my category, but back before I became a pastor. Before Christ. Before I really came to Christ. If I couldn't have ten, I didn't want one. And, and don't, don't, you know. I, I'm from the South and that's no secret. There's no way any of that tastes as good as that sweet tea I had for lunch today. No way. No way. It doesn't. No person never became an alcoholic that never drank. It all starts with one. Drugs. And, and, and you know, I've, I've gone after the smoking, the drinking, the carousing. Now I'm coming after the fork. If you, and we're, uh, hey, I, I told you this is going to hit all of us. And, and what, what really de I, I detest is, Preachers that are 100 pounds overweight and will stand up and preach you into hell over you can't manage some of those things, but they can't manage a fork. You don't have cirrhosis of the liver, but you got high blood pressure and about to fall over dead with a heart attack because you 
Buffet the buffet. Well, it's the truth. Is that, is that not right? But what I'm saying is if we don't take care, we need to be healthy to do the work of God. We need to be healthy to be an example to the world. We need to be healthy to do to carry the gospel to the whole world. How you honor your how you honor God has a lot to do with how you honor your body. When you realize that now he is your Lord, he uh, his life is no longer hidden in yours, but now your life is hidden in his. Then our speech, our dress, our works All of this of our bodies should in no wise dishonor God. And even splitting hairs over, do you think I'll go to hell for this? And do you think I'll... Let let me just say this. Our questions, as we grow, that's that's like first beginning Christian questions. Does that make sense? When we're born again and we're we've been a Christian for a while and we're starting to mature... Our questions and how we ask them should change. Not would I go to hell for this, but it should be more of the tune of how can my life best honor God? Amen. You know that your testimony is the only Bible some people will ever read? Paul said, all things are lawful for me, but all things, I think he said, are not expedient, or all things are not, in other words, he's saying it's not appropriate. See, there's sin issues, and then there's some things that are appropriateness issues. If you came into a restaurant and you saw me, your pastor sitting at the bar, Would, how would you feel about that? Don't, don't answer, I already know. And, and don't worry, I'm not wanting. I've, I've said goodbye to that years ago. I don't, I don't do that. But I'm trying to make a point. Now, that, that went through your mind. and be like, that wouldn't be too cool. How about the people who are watching your life? Amen. We are light to a lost and a dying world. I want to honor God with all of me. How about you? With my body, with my spirit, with my attitude. I'm going to read a few more verses and I'm going to be finished tonight. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 22, abstain from all appearance of evil. Verse 23, in the very God of peace, sanctify you wholly. And I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary uh, to one another. So that you do not do the things that you wish. That your human body desires, your human will desires. But if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are, just name a few, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I 
uh, tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not, say not, inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, here's the contrast, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ, get this, have crucified the flesh with the passions, with its passions and desires. It doesn't mean literally hang your body on a cross, but it means in the spirit realm that you've got a hold of something that is bigger than your human will. And you have metaphorically, you have hung your human will that is in opposition to God. You have offered it unto God as a living sacrifice, saying, God, I will honor you with my life and even with my body. Crucify the flesh, that means through the power of the Holy Spirit, you have the power to render the will of the flesh dead, powerless to fulfill its desires that are contrary to the Spirit. And in closing, I want to read this, if you could stand at this time. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. Look at this. It says, For we must all, say all, appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Tonight, if you are struggling with temptations or addictions, I want you to step out and come forward as the singers begin to sing. And I want you to confess it to the Lord. I want to pray with you and I want you to have a breakthrough. But that is not the only thing to come to the altar for tonight. If you have a sickness in your body, Maybe you have some hard decisions to be made. Maybe you have some struggles in other areas of your life. I invite you to come at this time. Can we just worship the Lord? Thank you for listening to New Life Today with Lawson Whitson. We hope that this message equipped you and empowered you to live the Christian life. We would like to invite you to attend one of our dynamic services, either in person or online. Visit nlcjc.org. That's nlcjc.org for the campus and service times that work for you. Be sure to connect with us on social media, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram. We look forward to being with you next time on New Life Today with Awesome Winston.